0: everybody welcome back to another episode of fans from the stands i want to say this is episode number
1: 12 i think
0: <laughs> uh time flies and you're having fun uh, so is my so is my memory i guess uh, so welcome everybody my name is mickey i'm your co-host i'm here with uh, my buddy ivan
1: hey guys how's it going
0: <laughs> this week is starting out good already uh we're uh a little, we're excited today there's a lot of news to talk about and Jay's Jay's land a little bit of talk about across the league some developments and we're gonna get to all of that how's your week been Ivan
1: it's been pretty good you know um, I was missing baseball yesterday there was nothing to, to watch yesterday hey right. <laughs> it was a and day I, off
0: know what's funny is I, I've heard uh, in other podcasts they've talked about the schedule right and they uh, one of the tweaks that they they might uh, they might do in the future is every team plays every day except Everybody gets Monday off. That would be like your yeah. travel day. Well,
1: oh, that wouldn't be bad, I guess.
0: Yeah, it'd be kind of a different. You'd have everything you'd watch, you know, games throughout the whole week and get them one Monday off. Plus, it gives uh, players that, want that one like one guaranteed day to rest. I'm sure you'll have more days throughout the week, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's a different idea. But so, yeah, it was a, uh, for me, it's, uh, it's Groundhog Day again every day. Yeah. <laughs> Here in Ontario.
1: <laughs> Lockdown, uh, no ball.
0: Yeah. Then you hear it. Then you hear again yesterday. They're looking at locking us down for another two weeks. I'm hoping that's just Southern Ontario. Sorry, Southern Ontario peeps. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm hoping they kind of let us do our own thing up here.
1: Yeah. Let us hit the golf courses or batting cages or something.
0: Or Softball. Softball. Please. <laughs> Anyways, I'm kind of itching. At it. It's been over a year. I'm not getting any younger.
1: Yeah. We're, we're, we're missing our prime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I already missed my prime. I didn't even have a prime. <laughs> I feel like I'm the uh, the 1919 Black Sox and just got banished from baseball. <laughs> but uh, anyways, we're going to talk a little bit about do a little Jays summary here from this past week. We left you guys on May 4th, and that was uh, the Jays were playing Oakland. And they took a, a loss, 4-1. to one. Anthony K does what Anthony K does and pitched four innings and gave up four in runs. Yeah. And the Jays only had three hits.
1: Yeah, that was a, that was a slow night.
0: Yeah, it was not a, not a very interesting game to watch. No. It was only 4-1, but it never seemed like it was that close. Then we move on to May 5th, where they won 9-4. Uh, oh. Robbie tight Pants Ray <laughs> <laughs> had six innings pitched, gave up six hits, only three earned runs, nine strikeouts, and zero please.
1: Zero walks.
0: Zero walks. <laughs> Fantastic, right? Like that's what that, we're looking for. Exactly. That's, that's two years ago, Robbie Ray. Yep. That's what that's we're what worried about.
1: During yeah. training, it's like if we can get Robbie Ray that can you know keep the walks down to a minimum. Well, look at that. Three games in a row now.
0: And if we if we could just go back in time and think, <laughs> tell tell ourselves one of these podcasts and say, "Hey guys, you know it's not going to be the issue, Robbie Ray." <laughs> Everybody else is going to be an issue, on the pitching staff, that is. And then they moved on to May 6th, and this is a, a slugfest for the Jays. They won 10-4. It was close there for a bit, and the Jays kind of pulled away handily. Yeah, That was Ryu. Ryu was pitching. I remember watching this game. Ryu was battling. Had five innings pitched, six hits, four and run, runs. And that line score doesn't really tell you the story, because he was battling.
1: He was he was. It, it was, uh, it felt like it was a full count all the time.
0: Yeah. He was, uh, he was really fighting and he forgot it relies on finesse and control. He just didn't have it that game. And he was really, um, you know, they're kind of jumping on him for some pitches. But once again, he at least gave the Jays five innings and the bullpen did what the bullpen does and shut, shut the door down.
1: Yeah.
0: And then we move on to uh, May 7th and we're now moved to Houston where we lost 10-4. Stripling got lit up.
1: Yeah.
0: I shouldn't say lit up. I mean he he gave up three runs, but he only lasted three and two thirds innings.
1: Yeah, he was his pitch count was right up there, right up, right off the bat.
0: And that's uh in Houston, we were talking about this before the podcast. Houston's a really good hitting team. They are. And we saw that throughout the whole series. And the Jays didn't have the horses to match them, I think. I think uh Stripling, yeah, lasted three three and two-thirds. And we're going to talk about this, uh, I guess, as we just give a summary after this whole look back. But the Jays need pitchers to start pitching more than three innings. They're starters. Mm-hmm. Then we move on to the next day, May 8th. They win eight to four. Steven Matz didn't look as sharp as Steven Matz did. Does usually. But uh, he did um, pitch five innings, give up uh, eight hits three on runs, and I believe that was the game. Jansen, Mm -hmm. get another dinger. Yes. That's two. Yeah. Right? Uh, It's, and I know we've talked about this in the show, and I'm a a Kirk fan, but Danny's really putting some good wood on the ball. He is.
1: He's got a lot of bad luck, right? So he's been hitting the ball hard right at people. Um, You know, there was that one game where he knocked the guy's glove off. You know, he's just been running into really tough outs. And uh, I'm just glad that he's finally uh, getting a little bit of success. I mean, his average is close to a one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's, he's almost at he's almost at a, almost at one, but <laughs> we'll take it. You know what? With this catching situation right now, we'll take it. I think he he doesn't look lost to the plate anymore. He's not swinging at bad pitches, like you yeah. said. He's getting a lot of some some bad luck. He was at the start of the year pitching kind of flailing, but he looks like he's settled down and I. I would be surprised if he gets his average up to 200.
1: Yeah. So right, right now he's hitting 101. Um, but, you know, he's from he's where like, he was, right? From like where he was. Yeah. He was at like 40, 45,
0: 48. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: that's, that's pretty low. Um, but yeah. So he's, he's putting some, some good, you know, solid hits on the, on the field in play. And, uh, you know, if we can get up to 220, I'd be really happy. I think that's what I predicted, 220.
0: Yeah. I think so. And. I, that would be a, a major accomplishment if he can get up to 220 from where he's been or where he's at i think um that would be awesome he's hitting with power I mean, he is and, and they're not cheap they're not cheap home runs they're not they're not Kevin Biggio, like a couple rows up home runs right they're they're solid solid home runs
1: yeah and and That's one big, nice thing is that is is that he's taken a lot of he's seeing a lot of pitches so he's always got you know the pitchers battling against him
0: he actually leads the Toronto Blue Jays in, in pitches scene. Yeah. So he's, yeah, and he's, you want a guy battling up there. And it's nice to have a guy battling, but you really want the production after that. And as he's starting to, to do that as well.
1: Yeah. And the nice thing is that he's sitting at the bottom of the order. So he's seeing a lot of pitches. Who's the next guy that's coming up? You got Simeon, Bichette.
0: Bichette. Yeah. You're so turning over the lineup, right?
1: You're turning over the lineup and you're showing your teammates what kind of pitches that guy has.
0: Right. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even think of that. It's, you're actually showing them, you know, how his, he some more information of how, and I know we all have those the, the tech, right? We have all the video and all those gun reports, but um, it's it's really what you see live, bad day, right? What he's got moving, what he's got working. So I'm sure he's telling the whispering to, to Bichette, hey, you know, his slider's not not moving as much, so he, or look for that, or he's really throwing a lot of fastballs up and in or, or whatever. Yeah. that I was just talking about chief home runs. Did you see that home run that I think it was Simeon that hit? Looked like a pop-up looked like a pop-up to short yeah and it just carried and carried and the left fielders kind of and he it went over I I those that cheap left field boxes in in Houston
1: yeah
0: that was like I I, that would have maybe gone out in our ballpark we play in yeah (laughs) softball (laughs) I think it's about 100 100 down the line
1: 125 125. (laughs)
0: 25 Anyways, yeah. So then the next, the the uh, May ninth game, the last game of the series with Houston, the rubber match, the w- long-awaited season debut of Nate Pearson.
1: Yay! Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's exactly what it was—from <laughs> jubilation to just, oh, like, they lost seven to four, and that doesn't tell the story. No. Nate Pearson pitched two and a third, gave up four hits, three runs. Five walks, zero strikeouts.
1: His WHIP is 3.86. So WHIP is um, what is it? uh, Walks and hits per inning pitch. So yeah.
0: So when you, if you do that math, so he's over three and a half. So there's only three bases (laughs) you can give up. (laughs) So he's almost giving up a run an inning every time he just walks on the mound. Yep. And I. And I've watched, we watched, watched some shows and read some articles about, uh, about Nate and what do they do now. And just as a an update for those of you who hear this now and aren't sure, there's a couple of new uh, Jays developments today. The Jays sent down Nate Pearson to AAA. They've uh, called up Jeremy Beasley, who's a acquisition they got about two weeks ago from Arizona for cash considerations. And they announced also that uh, George Springer is going to be playing Thursday against Atlanta. But we'll get to that in a second. So Pearson's now been sent down to the minors to probably figure things out, I guess. Yeah. So I looked back and I, I mean, I heard and I, I read that he didn't have this problem in the minors. And no, he didn't have this problem in the minors. Uh, Pearson pitched 127 innings throughout his minor league career, only giving up 33 walks and striking out 154. His whip, his whip in the minors was 882. 0.882. I mean, how do you... Like, what do you think is happening? Like, what's going on with with Nate Pearson?
1: It is I don't know if it's nerves, adrenaline. What is, it's as soon as he gets to the show, he can't seem to find the plate.
0: I I think that's that's definitely that's the only thing I can come up with, right? You you can't go from, I mean, he he had one start I think in Buffalo before this game, and he pitched okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think I had like one one walk maybe two walks. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the stats in front of me, but anyways, yeah, and you're right because last year. So overall, his major league career, he's only pitched twenty point one innings, but given up eighteen walks and one point seven seven WHIP overall. Yeah, I mean, something obviously is happening when he gets to the majors. And if you notice, I don't know if you noticed his his uh, miles per hour, but he was only averaging only. I say this only, <laughs> but ninety five.
1: Right, and he's known for you know tipping the skills at like ninety nine, hundred.
0: Hundred, yeah, right. And so I was trying to. Is he trying to be too fine? I don't know. And they, uh, I know they made some adjustments um, because of his groin issue. Um, He, uh, (laughs) I guess I can make fun of the groin issue because Reese McGuire (laughs) is on the team. (laughs) Um, But his groin issue seems to be. I guess they kind of changed his his stride on the mound or tweaked it a bit to make it less strenuous. I, is that the time to do it? I, I he didn't even like the pitches that he was throwing weren't even close. It wasn't like wasn't like you know the the Astros were laying off close pitches and just kind of battling. No, like these pitches were a foot, two feet outside, high, low. Like even the strikes he had were borderline strikes. He
1: he couldn't hit the mitt. It got to a point where Reese McGuire was just putting the target in the middle of the strike zone, like just hit the glove, man, and he was missing. You know, foot out. Uh, you know, foot on one side, foot on one side. He was, you know, six inches over the, over the strike zone, in the dirt. It was just all over the place.
0: And I and I I don't think anybody nothing I've read or seen or 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 watched has actually given any any indication of this is definitely what's going on. A, a little bit, I think Joe Siddle was the uh, commentator. With he's with um, Jimmy Campbell, right? Yeah. Uh, in between innings, he do this little. They talk to each other kind of thing. And he did mention that he's, uh, you know, he's, he's at a joint and he's letting them go of the ball. His, his head's to one side, and his arms back still. So he's kind of, he's over, overcompensating.
1: He's flying open.
0: Flying open. Yeah. That's good. That's <laughs> excellent.
1: He should be a pitching coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah, he's flying open. And so that's causing him to be erratic. So I think the Jason did the right thing. I think, I don't think the major leagues is a place to. Try to tinker, try to figure it out. I think he should go to the minors, and I mean, Roy Holiday did.
1: Yeah, and and I think the Jays also are at a point where their bullpen is taxed to the max, and you can't risk having him go out there and throw another two innings, and then you gotta, you know, blow your your bullpen on another seven innings to complete the game.
0: Yeah, and we've been talking about this now. I think for the past couple of weeks, where the Jays pen has been absolutely phenomenal. We saw a little uh, kink in the armor this series. Yeah, you give up a few runs uh, here and there, which is going to happen, especially when you're being asked to pitch five, six innings a game. Yeah. They can't keep. You're right. They can't keep doing this. I think I texted you one on uh, one of the days, one of the games, and I said, "Why we? Why do we even have a starting pitcher anymore? Right? <laughs> we should just be have the starter come out because we he'd give him just as many innings as Ross Triplett did." I mean, we, there has to be something. There has to be an answer. We need, we need another starting pitcher, who can last. Yeah, more than four innings. But where do you find that? I and mean, that's, man, Alex Manoa <laughs> <laughs> looks really good right now. He does. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I don't think. And, and I'll ask you the question: If Alex Manoa goes out and say tonight, I don't know. He's, I don't know if he's pitching tonight or tomorrow. He goes out and pitches another six innings gives up I don't know a couple runs uh five hits whatever looks good when's it at what point do you call up Alex Manoa
1: well you can't wait because right now there are no other options unless you're going to go and sign another free agent but then that means making room on the 40 man and on the 25 man roster and where do you, who goes down at that point
0: right and And then it's also, it's the, this is why being a GM is extremely difficult, right? Do you, do you sacrifice that development that he needs in AAA for your needs in the major leagues? Cause they're right now. And you're absolutely right. Major league, uh, Toronto blue Jays in the major leagues, need a starting pitcher.
1: Yeah.
0: And if he, uh, to me personally, I, I would wait, I'd give it, I think it'd be like start number five or start number six, maybe. Um, he's got, he's whatever, if he's still good after start number five, you know what? Uh, let's put the band-aids on this, on a rotation for now. And then after start number five for Alex Manoa, let's see if he can come up and contribute. Yeah. Because the, the, you're just, you're decimating your, your bullpen right now.
1: Now, the nice thing with Alec Manoa is, so he's skipped a whole bunch of levels of baseball, right? So he was in low A in 2019. And then of course the alternate site last year during the shortened season. And boom, right, this year he's in, he's in A and he's pitching well, but what people don't realize is that he did pitch in the NCAA. So he was a college pitcher. So he is older than what people realize, right? He hasn't been signed out of high school. So he's not right. a 20 year old, you know, he's uh, not like he, Wood, Simpson, 20, Wood Richardson.
0: Is he 24?
1: He's 23.
0: Yeah. So I think Nate Pearson's 24. Yeah. Right. So they're relatively, relatively close. Right. So yeah, you're gonna you're looking at. Do you I mean do you. Do you want him to develop a little more in AAA? Or I, to me, I think the need. I think you're right. The needs now. Let's see what he's got. Uh, at least for a start, right?
1: Yeah. See what he does.
0: And if Pearson doesn't figure things out, um, I think you do exactly what they did with, uh, Roy Holiday. You know, all those years ago, they set him down all the way to Single A, just, just to figure figure things out. out. Yeah,
1: and and at least well, I mean, he's got that hundred mile mile an hour fastball. Yeah. So you know if he goes down to single A, he's gonna blow people away. So that's where you start working on your, on your secondary pitches, your curveballs and your change ups and things like that. And
0: that's Work a great mechanics. point. That's a great point because we watched those who watched the game on uh, a couple nights ago or a couple days ago. He didn't have those secondary pitches. I mean, not only was he not locating his fastball, which if you're if that's your main pitch, you should at least locate it. Um, he couldn't throw a curveball anywhere near the plate, no. Nope. Or a, and a changeup was just. I mean, he's got he's got work to do, and we we know that we knew this coming in that he's got to develop. But I was expecting a little bit more, especially since he's got a hundred mile an hour heater. I mean, that can still blow by some major league hitters, right? Yep. And like we said, he was only averaging around 95 miles an hour. I don't know if he was trying to be too fine with it. And I hope it's not that he's kind of covering for an injury. I don't know. Maybe that groin's not fully, fully healed.
1: Well, who knows, right? So you might be, you know, you're nursing it, you know? You know? He's
0: overcompensating, you know?
1: because Some people say, you know, like if you have an injury, you're always scared to kind of push your limit because you're not sure if you're going to, you know, feel it or if it's going to re-aggravate or anything like that. So you just kind of lay off a little.
0: Yeah, well, let's let's hope let's hope for the best. Let's hope Pearson goes down and AAA dominates and figures it out and comes back up and is a pitcher we all believe we we I I still believe he's going to be a number two number one starter eventually in his career. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes guys a little bit longer to figure it out, right? And this could be could be that case. I don't I really hope he's not a bust. I don't think he's going to be a bust, but I think he just needs time.
1: Yeah, same.
0: Uh, moving on to some other. Uh, jay's topics we're looking at so vlad vlad guerrero and we were the the ones that were praising him for the first month of the season he looked unbeatable he looked he had a average in the high 300s he was hitting for power hitting for hitting rbi's he was taking walks but for the past week he's only three for 23 with three walks that leads to a 130 average 230 and a 230 on base percentage
1: yep He's only uh, in the month of May. He's hitting two twelve.
0: So, what's going on with Vlad?
1: I I I'm thinking that um, they're they're just pitching him tough, you know, like they're not giving him anything close to the zone, and he's now starting to fish.
0: I think that's exactly that's exactly what I think. I think he's starting to press a little bit, right? I think he had such a hot start, and he thought, oh, this is this is the way it's supposed to go, and then now they're and, and, and you saw that in the Kansas City series a little bit. They, after he would crush them, they yeah. started they, they're pitching away from him. They wouldn't give him anything to hit. And Oakland was doing the same thing, and he started fishing a little bit. He's had some bad luck with, with calls in the strike zone, granted, but he's uh, looks like, yeah, he's uh, he's pressing. And I don't know, maybe uh, maybe move him up in the order. Maybe you bat him second and put Bichette third so he gets to see some good pitches.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what's going to need to happen is to well he needs protection.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Right? And I and I'm I'm not diminishing Randall Gritschick because we've we've seen him, you know, play really well. And uh Tay Oscar. Yeah. Um and that's who's usually hitting behind him, but when you've got a guy who's hitting close to, you know, 350 for most of the season so far, you know, you're going to take your chance with that guy who's hitting 270-280. <laughs>
0: Exactly right. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't pitch to Vlad either. I, you know, I'd, I'd be pitching around him constantly. He's because he'll the guy. He'll be the guy that hurts you. And I, I don't think this is going to be a season long thing. At least I, I hope not. I think he'll have a couple. Hopefully against Atlanta, he has a couple of good games and kind of busts out. And yeah. Um. And I, and I know this as well. Like he out of the, how many games did they play last week? One, two, three, four, five, six? five, six. He played all six games.
1: Yeah. So he might but. be a little fatigued.
0: Maybe fatigue, maybe he needs a day off. I mean, yeah. They seem to be doing that for everybody else. So I think maybe it's time for Vlad just to just take a seat for a game and then uh, kind of refocus and reshift and shift the gears. And, of course, we wouldn't uh, be talking about Blue Jays if we didn't talk about injuries. <sighs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm, such a, I'm such a mood killer. Uh, Rafael Delis goes down with a calf strain. Well, at least
1: which, it's in those legs.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not, not his elbow or his shoulder. Uh, yeah. Castro was the forearm strain. Kirk has been moved to the 60 day IL. We all saw that coming because of the, the hip flexor. Yeah. Joe panic 10 days, another calf injury and uh, Phelps 10 day, uh, lat strain. So that's, that's your bullpen getting overworked. I think.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. A lot of soft tissue, uh, injuries.
0: And that's what we were told was going to happen this year, right? Because of the short season last year and the stop start kind of thing. And now full tilt again, that was the prediction. And then right, a lot of soft tissue injuries. And it's kind of, it's been going around the league. Not, that, not just the Blue Jays that are facing it, it's everybody else. Yep. So this week we have coming up, we have Atlanta. I think we played, we're playing tonight. Actually, I think we're, we started right now.
1: Yeah. It's one, nothing Atlanta.
0: <laughs> You're the mood killer. <laughs> Uh, Robbie Ray's getting lit up, I guess a little bit. Uh, so we play Atlanta and we play the Phillies and then we're back to our podcast after uh, Ray pitches tonight. Rio pitches tomorrow and then stripling and sparkling six sixty one ERA. Yeah. Pitch on Thursday.
1: And then it's question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs>
0: yeah. Cause what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Robbie Ray walked Freddie Freeman. So. There you go. There goes that there goes that, that uh, zero walking streak. Yeah. So that's with Blue Jays. We'll move around Move around to our Around the Horn segment where we talk a little bit about what's happening across the major leagues. And for those of you who uh, haven't got a chance to watch other teams, there's been a, a few no-hitters pitched this last week. Yeah. So uh, John Means, who was a you know, highly touted draft pick the past couple of years, last year, year before, sorry, two years ago, had a bit of a down year last year pitched a no hitter and this is this is an interesting this is an interesting no hitter because it was actually a perfect game
1: yes but not <laughs> but not
0: <laughs> and these ah, stupid baseball rules so for those who haven't seen the game or know what i'm talking about a perfect game is when you have absolutely nobody on base basically right no errors no hits no runs no walks john means had no walks no hits no errors, but still wasn't a perfect game because there was a dropped third strike.
1: And the runner reached. Runner made it to first base. Yeah.
0: What do you think? Is that a no-hitter? Is that a is that a perfect game?
1: Nope.
0: No, I, I agree. <laughs> I You know what? A perfect game is, is exactly what it is. It's a perfect game. It's right. like the Immaculate Indian, right?
1: Exactly. And, yeah. and that's what makes the perfect game so special. Is the fact that it's almost unattainable.
0: I don't know if it was—I don't know if it was Severino that was catching, uh, but man, you must feel like garbage <laughs> after that, right? Yeah. It's like I know hitters great. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, it, perfect games are even more rare.
1: Yeah. But he made up for it by throwing him out at second.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> and then uh, it was two nights or three nights ago. Wade Miley of the Cincinnati Reds threw the fourth no-hitter. And we were talking about this before the podcast. Wade Miley is... She came I, out of like, nowhere? He came out of nowhere, and he's like, he's like, he's Tanner work basically. He's nothing special. He's got a 4-E-R-A. He eats innings like these. But he puts on that uh, temporary Hulk sticker that his son <laughs> gave him on his arm and then pitches a no-hitter. And he wasn't pitching anything. Uh, his fastball, I think, it was clocked at what? Maybe early... very low 90s. Yeah. Possibly high 80s. So that... That was the fourth no-hitter uh, this year. If you count Baumgartner's, that'd be five. If you count Baumgartner's, seven inches. Yeah. Run yeah. uh, Run pitched one, and Musgrove pitched the other one.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't know about you, Ivan, but I I, I suspect this won't be the last. Uh, I, I'm 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 going to predict here. I'll, I'll book it right now. I'll say there's probably going to be another four no-hitters in baseball. And I say this because the contact rate is the lowest it's ever been yes in baseball. So if you're not making contact with a ball and there's a heightened strikeout rate skyrocketing, it just, it just leads to no hits. Right. And uh, not to diminish these pitchings and pitcher skills. And we'll get on to, in, uh, I haven't brought up a couple of interesting facts when we were talking earlier, um, about, about the ball itself. And so, uh, you know what, let's, let's bring that up now. So, sure. um, We'll talk about, a little bit about the ball, and then if you want to talk a little bit about uh, that article we read in The Athletic today about uh, Ronald Acuna Jr.
1: Yes, yes. So um, so the ball was altered this year. So uh, last year, or for the couple of years prior to that, Major League Baseball said they didn't change the ball, but we all know they did because all of a sudden, home run rates were just skyrocketing. Right. So Major League Baseball who owns Rawlings, who produces all of the uh, Major League official baseballs, um, decided to lighten the ball, so it's a lighter weight, and um, and make it a little bit springier. So the, the reasoning behind this was if the ball is lighter, it'll be more affected by wind drag, which will then knock the ball down so it doesn't travel as far. Um, but the springer it is, the more exit velocity you'll get. So you'll notice that our exit velocities aren't going to change much or might increase a little bit. Um, but the ball's still not traveling. It's kind of, you know, it just dies in the wind. And uh, one person on on YouTube explained it like a, like a balloon versus an actual dodgeball, for example. A balloon, if you hit it with a stick or a bat, it'll bounce off the bat really, really fast. And then it just, the wind catches it and it just slows down and then it just drops. Whereas if you hit a dodge ball with the same type of velocity on the bat, the ball won't travel as fast, but it'll go further because it's less affected by wind. So with that being said, there's a lot more balls that aren't traveling into the bleachers. So you're knocking down the home run rates. Um, balls that would travel to the wall, but maybe not be a home run are now shallower fly balls. So it's just really reducing the offense in the game. And with that more outs equals, you know, less hits and less hits means more chance for a no hitter.
0: Right. And that's, and that's kind of where I think the trend's starting to go to when you have people like, you know, no, again, no, no offense to Wade Miley. I'm sure he's listening to our podcast, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, he's not, I mean, he's not Justin Verlander, right? He's he's Wade Miley. Um, but I... Uh, and it's kind of... It's leading to a really interesting uh, thing, especially with the pitchers, right? I think we talked about um, spin rate before, and then the, the seams and the baseball have been raised a bit, so the pitchers now have a better grip on the ball, which leads to higher spin rate, which leads to more movement, which leads to less contact. Right. Which, I mean, you'd suspect would lead to less contact. And... Um, and you are saying before the podcast, the baseball, so when you're on the mound, which is obviously higher than right. uh, the batter's box, right? The pitch is in a downward angle. To so downward- if you ever hear the term rising rising fastball, it's, it's no, unless you're pitching windmill, there's no such thing as a rising fastball. I mean, a ball can't go down and then back up. It's just right. that it defies gravity. But what it does do is that it doesn't go down as much, right? Right. Um, so you're saying baseball are are not dipping as much.
1: They're not dipping as much. So you have like like that downward arc on a fastball. Um, but now because the ball is lighter and the spin is affecting that, you know, that is counteracting that sinking motion, it's staying a little bit straighter. So it feels like it's rising even more. So that rising fastball is, is a perception of the hitter. It feels like it rises, um, but it actually isn't. Well, now it's, it's amplified because of the fact that the ball's lighter. So it's got, you know, less weight and the fact that the air movement around it by the spinning uh, laces is uh, is just creating that extra movement.
0: Right. And again, so it's, it's advantage pitchers again. Uh, I think they said that this is the lowest uh, lowest rate hits uh, contact rate since before they um, lowered the mound or yeah. ra- sorry, raised the mound in 1969 I want to say eight around there so yeah it looks like I don't know what baseball needs to do but you want to draw in fans I mean I like I I personally like pitching duels I like you know low scoring games um but uh, I'm not the fans that want to attract right and we want to you know the more high paced and then action I and I like I like the other one too I like the guys that are yeah. you know the game against Oakland were I mean, it was 10 to 4 that was a fun game to watch
1: well, and we talked about it in our other episodes where that the balance between, you know, when they were, we we're talking about them moving the mound back. Right. And we're saying right now where the mound is, you've got that perfect balance between pitcher and batter. Yeah. And by moving the mound back, well, now you're tipping the scales towards the hitter. Well, by lightening the ball, they've tipped the scales towards the pitcher. And we need to find that balance again
0: and not to mention i mean pitchers are throwing harder than ever before i right. think they said roughly 10 years ago the average fastball was around 90 91 miles an hour the average yeah. now it's 93.8 yeah and it's going to increase and that what and i watched i watched a, a video on this uh, a couple nights ago so that's going to lead to more injuries for pitchers right more tommy john surgeries which we're already seeing now but apparently a fastball thrown at 99 miles an hour takes seven pounds of pressure on that tendon in your arm. And I think your tendon snaps at eight. <laughs> like, and, and I, that's to me, that just shows, I mean, it, it, we see eventually there's gotta be a limit, right? It's like, it's like the hundred meter sprint. Yeah. Eventually there's gotta be a limit to how fast a human can run. I mean, exactly. There's got there's gotta be like a, a, a ceiling. And I think uh, eventually, I mean, I think, I think 102, 104. I mean, we're never going to see anything like 110. I ho- I I hope not. No, but I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure they said that about 10 years ago. They'll never see a pitch of 99, 101 miles an hour. But that leads us to what we talked about last week. And again, we are the procru- pronostic. I can't even say that word again. <laughs> <laughs> Prognosticators. There it is. Prognosticators of baseball. So this week there's an article in the athletic talking about what we talked about last week, which was, uh, batters being hit by the ball.
1: Yep.
0: And what's that stat with Ronald Lacuna jr.
1: So Ronald Lacuna jr. Is a uh, outfielder for the Braves. He's played in 345 major league games. So he's, you know, he's a young guy. He's been hit by 22 pitches but if you compare that to the 3,298 games that Hank Aaron played, he only got hit by 32 pitches total in his career. So if Ronald Acuna plays as many games as, as, uh, as uh, Hank Aaron, he'll get hit well over 200 times if, if the trend keeps going this way.
0: That's incredible. That's and crazy. We, we, and we talked about this last week where it's these, they're focusing more on velocity and it says it in the article. It's, it's a good article. If you, uh, I can't recommend The Athletic enough. If you get a right. chance to subscribe to it, it's a it's a subscription, but there's some really good articles, especially baseball articles in it, actually all sports, but I just read the baseball ones. Uh, it's, I think it's Ken Rosenthal that, that wrote the article. Yes. And it's, they're, they're focusing on pitchers and we said this last week because we're the pronosticators. <laughs> they said, as pitchers are being, uh, they're relying more on velocity or they're focusing more on velocity than they control. And they had some uh, quotes from some uh, former former pitchers where, I mean, even Greg Maddox said, when guys got into jams, when I got into a jam, I didn't try to throw harder. I tried to throw smarter. Right. Right. So he's trying to place his pitches instead of throwing harder. And these guys are just letting it loose at 95, 99. and That's dangerous. Yeah. We saw that in Bryce Harper getting drilled ball in, the right in the face. Yeah. yeah.
1: So the John Smoltz, uh, who calls the games or is the color commentator for the Atlanta Braves games, and that's where Acuna plays, um, said that you know back in his day, when you wanted to pitch inside on a pitcher, you were inside but low. So if you hit the guy, you hit him in the hip, the ribs, the legs, not much damage. Right. But nowadays they're throwing faster, and they're up and in. So you're zimming a guy near the shoulders and face—that's dangerous.
0: And not only that, the shoulders, face, but the hands, right? Because that's where mm-hmm. your your hands are positioned, right by your back ear. And those are little bones in those hands; that could break pretty easy. Yeah. So unless these guys are going up there with hockey hockey mitts <laughs> and full face shields, which, you know what? And I, I, I laugh. Some of the guys are. <laughs> they are now, right? And I don't blame them. Like yeah. before, you, you you'd barely see. Remember the old John Olrude? type batting helmet, you know, just the plastic with, you know, the one flap.
1: Dave Winfield didn't even have
0: any flaps. Right. Exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what I mean. Right. That's what the first base coaches wear now. Right. That, that just plain plastic helmet. Yeah. Dave Winfield, perfect example. Just plastic helmet. And that was it. And no ear flaps. (laughs) But now it's turned into now where they got the, those mouth guards. Right. Yeah. Which I, I I wish, I bet Tony Fernandez would would have wished he had one in the eighties, but that's another story. So now they're coming up with those things you didn't see those 10 years ago i i wouldn't doubt i wouldn't i wouldn't doubt in 10 more years we see full face shields yeah. i mean if, like if we see in the seen, uh, little of, leagues <laughs> well yeah i mean if, if the trend continues of uh of guys throwing 99 miles an hour i mean it's your it's your it's your health right yep yeah. it, it i know it took hockey years to finally implement the necessity for helmets um but i mean if i was a general manager my $300 million players up there with just one flap. I'm like, Hey, you know, you're wearing more than that. Um, and, anyway, and those,
1: was- those uh, flaps that they have now that cover the jaw. Yeah. That was brought on by John uh, Carlos Stanton when he got hit in the face. Yeah. When he came back, he had like a, a weird cage looking one. It was like made out of metal bars. Right. That covered his jaw. And like now, a hockey was, cage, yeah. Like a hockey cage, but it was only a half cage. Yeah. And uh, that evolved into the flap that we see now, that goes right over to their chin.
0: And again, we were talking about this before the podcast, just kind of getting our our, our ideas set. But that doesn't help you when you're the guy throws a 99 mile an hour fastball, and you're going to commit. And we yeah. talked about this again last week, where once you've committed, your head, now your head is turned more towards the pitcher, so now you've opened up your face. So that face shield is is useless. Exactly. Um, and then it's now going right in your, right in your mouth. Um, but anyways, it'll be interesting to see where, what, uh, what new innovations baseball comes up with to stop injuries or do they focus more on pitch control? I don't know if guys are still, if guys are flailing at 99 mile an hour fastballs and why change it? Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. some more news around the league as we continue around the horn, Albert Pujols, is yeah. no longer an Anaheim Angel.
1: Yep. Let me give
0: you a little backstory before we get into the get into what happened—a really, really messy separation, divorce, I guess. So Albert Pujols played uh, in the Cardinals organization for those of you too young to remember <laughs> from 2001 <laughs> uh, for 10 years, and then he uh, became a free agent. They offered him a contract of 210 million over 10 years. He rejected that and then signed with the Anaheim Angels for $240 million. For those of you who don't remember how good Albert Pujols was, and I say those of you because I was one of them, uh, you look at his stats from his time with the uh, Cardinals, which is, uh, I think, believe I said 10 years.
1: Yeah, 2001 to 2011.
0: Yeah, so he he averaged, he had a 328 batting average <laughs> over those 10 years
1: on base 120 400,
0: 445 home runs 1329 rbis he averaged 40 home runs and 121 rbis over those seasons i mean that's almost a, if he had retired he almost going to the hall of fame just on those stats yeah and then he gets then he signs of the angels uh you know and he's granted he wasn't the player he was but he was also 10 years older than when he started we think (laughs) (laughs) believe the conspiracy theorists out there that he's about five years older than he's he's saying he is uh because he's anyways he came from the dominican he was signed as a dominican he's they're saying he was older than he was because they tend to lie about their age to to sign bigger contracts anyways uh he averaged 200 he averaged a 256 batting average with the angels with 222 home runs and 783 RBIs. So that averages, that comes out to 22 home runs a season and 78 RBIs.
1: Yeah.
0: Which, sorry, 26 home runs a season, 93 RBIs, which isn't bad. It's not bad. You know, he's even, even this year, he, he was bad in a 198 with a 372 um, slugging. However. His expected batting average is 273 and 543. So the balls that he's hit, uh, that should have been base hits, that's what his average should have been. He's had some bad luck this year. He's also, what we say, five home runs? Five home runs. 12 RBIs, something. 12 similar. RBIs, yeah. Uh, his defense is, has gone down, which, I mean, he's also 41 years old, allegedly.
1: Over 46.
0: Or 46. <laughs> uh, so his defense is going to, is trust me, watch our slow pitch team and you'll see Declining defense for guys in their 40s or 50s. Happy birthday, Andre Corvo. Did uh, <laughs> I say 50s? I meant 60s. Uh, anyway, anyways, I mean, he's obviously much better production in St. Louis. Not as good in Anaheim. He didn't live up to the $240 million. No. But that all being said, he still had a year left in his contract. Til uh, the yeah, Till the end of the Yeah, to the end of the season. He's 33 home runs shy of 700, which I think is only held by uh, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, Barry Bonds. That's it. That's it. So three other guys. That's in in any event. So what happens, Ivan? So here's, here's what really
1: makes things difficult, right? Because you looked at some of the people that have retired recently. So let's take a look at Mariano, Mariano Rivera. He announced that he was retiring at the end of the season. So what do they do? Every city he goes into, there's these little parades and, you know, the gift, gift giving and, and things. And they did that with David Ortiz as well. You know, I don't know if you remember, he went to Baltimore and they gave him the phone that he smashed with a bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. There's, there's like all that pomp and circumstance that they, they kind of do for these legendary type players. And he's not going to get that opportunity. Now, he didn't announce that he was retiring at the end of the season, oh. which makes it a little bit difficult. Had he, had he said he was going to retire, I don't think the Angels would have let him go because that would have looked horrible on them. Right. But he didn't announce his retirement, and it just created a really messy breakup.
0: So the day they, the day they released him, uh, 11 a.m. they announced, they were, they sent out a press release saying Albert Pujols was released, which was a shock, I think, to the baseball community. No one saw this coming. No. Nope. Because like you said, he had one year left in his contract. Generally what happens, I mean, when Alex Rodriguez is kind of going through what he went through, he's obviously, he wasn't who he was before. He wasn't A-Rod anymore. The Yankees talked to him. They came into a mutual decision. They announced that he'd be staying on as a, uh, you know, as a coach and whatever. Consultant, kinda, yeah. Yeah, a consultant. So... Uh, The circumstances are a little bit different. I think A-Rod knew he wasn't who he was. wasn't going to get any better. He was going to retire. So anyways, 11 a.m., the press release comes out. 4 p.m., there's a a Zoom conference with uh, Joe Madden, the manager, and no Albert Pujols. And then 6.38, game time. Yeah. No Albert Pujols.
1: No Albert Pujols. But from some of the... Anonymous uh, reports, so people that are close with the team but don't want to be uh, you know, named due to the sensitive nature of the whole situation. Um, when Albert Pujols uh, got to the stadium that morning uh, to just get ready to do their workouts, he was in the starting lineup. So he was under the impression he was playing that morning. And when he was released, it really, really upset him and there was a major blow up between him uh the the front office it all came down from the front office so apparently it wasn't joe madden's idea to cut right. him from the lineup um so he had it out with you know the gm president joe madden <laughs> just pretty much everybody
0: it's really puts a, a black eye in a really you know a hall of fame career uh, he's and I, I i'm i was trying to think of you know which you know which clubs would would sign him like he's not i don't think he's done it's not looking good i think he would have been picked up by now i mean whoever picks him up again we talked about this before how the free agents or how being released works they'll pay the team that picks him up will pay the 560,000 dollar league minimum yeah and the angels will pay the rest So that's a lot of money you're paying 30 30 million dollars not play the angels but i digress I thought about does he play for the White Sox with Tony Larusa again, but then
1: you got Abreu.
0: I got Abreu at first, and then uh,
1: that uh, what's his name the the new kid. Well, he's not he's young, but he's a rookie. (laughs) He's old. He's a rookie. rookie. Yeah, so Um, he's their DH. He's their DH.
0: Maybe Maybe someone like Kansas City picks him up.
1: Maybe, right? So then it's got to be somebody that could that needs either a first baseman or DH.
0: Yeah, and really, ideally, I think you're looking just at, at at DH. He's, the, he's lost his, you know, his fielding ability. He's obviously declined. He's, I mean, he, um, he'd be serviceable. He could still play for his base, not as well as I think you'd want him to. Right. I, I just don't know where he fits.
1: See, and, and I know that a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, it'd be nice if he can retire as a Cardinal. Yeah. But you've got Goldie at first. I mean, you're not moving him, and it's the National League, so there's no DH.
0: Right, and you're not going to have him play third.
1: Right. And he's, I think he's too good to be a bench player. Like, I mean, to, to have the guy come off the bench, you know, one at yeah. Bat a night.
0: Yeah. I don't think that's fair to, to Albert. I mean, there's, yeah. there has to be somewhere that, you know, he can play for, he's only 33 home runs shy. I mean, it's going to take him two seasons. I don't think he's hitting uh, 28 bombs this year. No. Uh, but uh, I, I I'd suspect, I thought about, I've heard that rumor too that he goes to St. Louis, but just to retire as a, as a Cardinal? I mean, really, Roy Holiday retired as a Blue Jay without being traded back or signing again. He signed that one-day contract. And, yeah. And so, I mean, Pujols can do the same thing. I, I this, don't... Is,
1: this is funny, though, because there was an interview a few years ago. I think it was in 2017. And he had said that he wanted to be inducted with no emblem on his hat out of respect for both the St. Louis Cardinals and the Angels.
0: <laughs> I think I'm, that might change I'm quick.
1: thinking his position is going to change on that and,
0: one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it, it, I guess it depends where you grew up when you started watching baseball. When I think Albert Pujols, I think I think St. Louis, only because, I mean, that's... That's,
1: that's where he had his MVPs. You know, he's got right. what, three-time MVP. That's where he won his World Series in 2011.
0: Right. And really in Anaheim, other than... He made the playoffs once, no wins. He was swept by the Kansas City when they went to the World Series. He hasn't he, I mean, no real, like, no glory times in, in Anaheim. So I let's heard. just go
1: through his accolades really quick. Sure. So he, in his rookie year, he won the Rookie of the Year Award, was an All-Star, finished fourth in MVP voting, and won the Silver Slugger. The following year, which is strange, wasn't nominated or uh, voted to the All-Star game, but he finished second in MVP voting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how (inaudible) that happens. Second
1: half, yeah. Uh, Then it was All-Star, second place MVP, Silver Slugger. All-Star, third place MVP, Silver Slugger. All-Star MVP award. All-Star, second place MVP, Gold Glove. All-Star, ninth in MVP voting. All-Star, first in MVP, Silver Slugger. All-Star, first in MVP, Silver Slugger. All-star, second in MVP, gold Glove, silver slugger, fifth in MVP, 17th in MVP. And it just kind of declines after that.
0: Like I spent a lot of time playing MLB The Show with my creative player. He's not even that good. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I see some of these stats that you're, you're just talking about. Like his third year, about 359 with 43 home runs, 124 RBIs. Yeah. 359.
1: 359.
0: And then a couple few years later, four years later, he batted 357 in the second year when he wasn't voted the all-star game it must be because he only batted 314. Yeah. <laughs> only hit 34 home runs. It's it's, it's sad cuz he's I mean he's an icon and I, I, I and I don't I don't see where he ends up. I mean unless there's a mind you if Rough Meadow Door <laughs> play for the Yankees <laughs> and maybe he, and I, I laugh but Luke Voigt, hurt his meniscus maybe he doesn't heal maybe he gets hurt again
1: well they they reactivated him today i think
0: yeah but so i'm just saying what happens if if he does it again does it again well i guess they got le Mayhew, but yeah i it, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> if yeah. the yankees picked up uh albert Pujols.
1: yeah i just i just feel that this is a terrible way for somebody who's got such an illustrious career to just kind of fizzle fizzle away fizzle away
0: and I don't, think, I hope he does. I hope this isn't the end. I think this is, it could have been handled much better. If the angels didn't want, uh, I mean, if the angels didn't want to go this way, they, it, it could have been handled so much better, right? They should have talked to Albert to begin with and said, listen, this year's is not working out for yeah. us. You know, we're going to try to trade you or we're going to, you know, we're going to release you. We'd like to do it honorably. And, you know, um, whatever. How, how do you want to do this kind of thing?
1: Exactly. It, it's uh, I know that um, Mike Trout uh, did an interview and he said that it, it really hurt him because he, he was with Albert uh, with Albert throughout his entire career. Yeah. When he got into the league, Albert Pujols was there to kind of mentor him. And, yeah. uh, and what a better mentor than to have Albert Pujols, right? You know, the guy is respected because I don't know if you remember earlier in the season when the Jays played the angels um santiago espinal had That's been right. saying i really like i'd love to meet this guy and vladi being vladi just kind of went over and and said hey man there's this kid on our team he's like you know a huge super fan
0: like it reminded him. me a lot of like you two guys hanging out, and there's a girl crossing the gym and you're in your grade eight and you're like oh <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk to her and your buddy's like yeah i'll let me go yeah let's go here he wants to talk to you Anyway, so
1: then albert called him over and you know they, they had their little chat and stuff like that and basically just said you know work hard and he said it was one of the greatest moments of his career so far so
0: and you'll i mean his his philanthropy throughout you know every organization he plays in the two organizations he's played in is always talked about the most uh, his work with uh, kids with down syndrome especially and i'm sure that there's a vo- video that's gone viral at the rogers center where there's a uh, young lad with uh, down syndrome who wanted to meet meet him and uh, just sign i guess they just wanted him to sign his jersey and i think uh for whatever they anyways he he signed the back of this kid's jersey or his ball i forget what it was but then lifted him up brought him onto the field and just took a picture with him on the field and then put him back lifted him up put him back in the stands and then took off his own jersey yeah and gave it to him i mean yeah. he really seems like a genuine genuine guy right yeah so i i really hope i hope this isn't the end for albert i think and i don't think it is i think he'll get picked up by another team hopefully and uh we'll see what we'll see what happens we'll see where Hopefully he hits that 700 home runs.
1: I would love to see it.
0: So continuing around the league, uh, we have the Dodgers who are scuffling. Oof. I'm not going to say I'm not upset by this. <laughs> it's nice to see teams with this high payroll scuffling. Uh, they've lost what, 15 out of 20?
1: 15 out of 20 games.
0: That's that's unreal. Yeah. For a team that's got a payroll over $200 million, Something's going on. Someone's someone's head's going to roll, right? Someone's someone's going to pay for this.
1: And for a team that's still ranked, you know, in the power rankings, still ranked right up there with the top teams, <laughs> it's like two. hello. Uh,
0: yeah, like so. If yeah, J- Jays
1: lose two games, they drop three spots. And <laughs> Dodgers lose fifteen out of twenty; they stay in the top five.
0: Like what? The yeah. Heck? The, the, the big news. The big news. The big news was that they they dropped out of first. Yeah. <laughs> to <Just> second. <laughs> Do you imagine if the Jays lost fifteen out of twenty? Yeah. you would be like number twenty. 28th in yeah. power rankings anyways I, you know i was trying to figure it out today when i was you know do a little bit of research before before the podcast and i was trying to figure out what's going on with the dodgers i mean bowers pitching well uh, the only thing i can see is bellinger is injured Seeger hasn't found a power stroke yet but really uh yeah. <laughs> i don't well, i don't know not-
1: Max Monksy is hitting what two two ten or something two nineteen and then yeah yeah so right now your best hitter is Justin Turner who they they signed at the last minute last right? minute
0: for like a one year contract
1: yeah and then Corey Seager is hitting two seventy three no uh, power no power Mookie Betts is two sixty one he's only got four home runs Chris Taylor yeah. their center fielder's got two seventy six he's got four home run, or uh, four home runs as well so there's yeah.
0: So I mean, and I can see, I can kind, of, I can kind of see where you know they are still ranked high because it's just a matter of time. Yeah, they're too talented to stay scuffling like this. But do I see Dave Roberts getting booted? I he just won the World Series. I mean, <laughs> you got to give him a little bit of a little leash. But wow, that's a division where the San Francisco Giants are leading the division. Right? I <laughs> can't even. And I'm gonna. I I'm haven't listened to our podcast where we did the predictions since we made them, but I'm gonna go on a limb and say we neither one of us picked the Giants to win the division. Nope. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. Um, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. They haven't played. The Giants haven't played the uh, the Dodgers yet, so that'll be. I think they're playing them this week, though. Possible, yeah. Yeah, I think so. It that'll be the test for sure. And then you have the Padres, and then actually today, breaking news. Fernando Tatis Jr. has been uh, diagnosed with COVID-19. Yeah. So he's out. Um, It'll be so like
1: Teoscar that, where he's out for two weeks almost. Like,
0: Yeah, well, most likely, right? So, yeah. I mean, Dodgers are scuffling. The Giants are in first. Down is up. Up is down. Right is left. Left is right. I don't know what's going on in this world anymore.
1: Well, it's, but, it's a situation like they were saying with the Yankees, right? It's that sleeping giant. You know, it's it's they're bound to just open up at some point and just start crushing everybody.
0: Right. And you, so in the Red Sox, as we're, as we're talking right now, the Red Sox are in first place. Right. And I, I'm going to again go on a limb and say we both didn't pick the Red Sox to win this division.
1: No, they're, they're leading MLB. Yeah. And win percentage right now.
0: Like, how is that happening? Right. Joey Cora stealing signs again or <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't understand. I don't, Anyways, it's only that being said. It's only been a month and a week, two weeks into the baseball season, so a lot of time for things to even out. And you're right; I think the Yankees are gonna, unfortunately, hit.
1: Yeah, they're they're in second now, so we'll see.
0: Um, so to go keep going around the league, um, another news story came out, and I'm I don't know about you, Ivan, but I'm getting awfully sick of reading these, reading these stories about. Um, Anyways, FP Santangelo,
1: yeah,
0: the former Montreal Expo, who's now the broadcaster for uh, the uh, National Games, is now suspended because of a sex assault um, allegation. Yeah, from a number of years ago. This is the this is the third <laughs> again. Just deflate. This is the third time we've talked about this topic in only 12 episodes.
1: I know we we haven't been doing this podcast for very long.
0: <laughs> like this is this is obviously something wrong with Major League Baseball and the culture, right? If this yeah. is happening. Um the uh, the female who uh, again ag- again another great article in the Athletic who broke the story. Yeah. Uh doesn't want to come forward with she just she doesn't want to go to police um in regards to it. She just came out with the story because she doesn't want another female to Uh, to face the same thing again she responds that after he's after the news broke he she got a bunch of uh angry texts uh from fp um i i mean i don't know what else we can say about this again but
1: it's sad when baseball is making tmz news
0: (laughs) not to make light of the of the situation but it's true right like there's obviously a culture in this sport that needs to change and this is and i'll tell you right now this is this isn't going to be the last time we talk about some kind of some idiot that did something stupid like this i mean no. um, anyways let's leave it at that yeah. i i'm sick of talking about <laughs> this uh we'll move on to our blue chips and dip segment yeah and when i uh I, I was looking at some prospects uh for that we wanted to talk about this week i texted ivan i said here's the guy I think we should talk about this guy. And apparently I read Ivan's mind. You
1: did. <laughs> because I was looking so was, at the top prospects, and I'm like, oh, we should talk about this guy. I don't think we talked about him yet.
0: Yeah, and then blink, Miguel Geraldo. Do want to talk about him first?
1: Yeah, so it uh, looks like he's a, so far, he's a middle infielder, so shortstop second base, but he's also played a little bit of third, so he's kind of working around the horn a bit.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, he was uh let's see here he was signed from the dominican if i'm not mistaken
0: yeah i believe it was an international signing in 2017 2017
1: for $750,000. yeah so he was uh touted at uh, you know really high in the number 17 for the prospects that year yeah and uh he was at 17 years old i mean that's that's young to be signed so Man. that's
0: 2017. So that was three years ago, four years ago. Yes. Uh, so he's what, 21 now?
1: He's, yeah, he's around 20, 21.
0: Playing in double. Is he playing in double A?
1: He is right now. He's in single A.
0: Okay. Um, oh, that's right. I see that here. Yeah. Batting um, 367 in six games.
1: Right. So, so he's, he's got an advanced bat. And that's what he was scouted as, being one of the more advanced hitters for his age group.
0: Right. He's got, yeah, he's been scattered as having plus bat speed and a strong arm. So they, uh, I guess they're, yeah, again, the Jays have the gluttony of these middle infielders now. Yeah. Uh, they're going to, I guess the idea is to put him to third base. You know, and, and he, I mean, he look his, his stats are good. Rookie ball, he batted 348 with seven home runs, um, 37 walks, sorry, 37 strikeouts, 14 walks. something like that yeah um he and not to say he won't play for the blue jays but here's the here's the thing we've talked about our our prospects for you know for the past 12 episodes this is a good chip to have right come trade deadline or even now when we need a starting pitcher
1: exactly
0: right this he's not he's i think he's well he's ranked number was he ranked number 12 in our prospects
1: yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's said
0: top 20 at least. Yeah. So that's usually the time you're not going to give away your top five. No. That doesn't happen in baseball anymore. Uh, if you look at all the major trades in the past few years, uh, general managers are very reluctant and don't give up uh, big trade pieces anymore and big, big prospect pieces anymore. So th- this could be a guy that you dangle, right?
1: And that's exactly what I mean. And if you look at the position – you know the wealth they have at that position of second short third you've got jordan groschens yeah austin martin yep. kevin smith uh logan warmouth you got <laughs> that's that, not to say or elvis uh, martinez which is that other young kid who's like you know like 18 years old that that i mean there's a ton of them
0: and i mean you convert convert a couple of those guys to second and first i mean so sorry, second and third, not first, second and third. Uh, maybe I mean, I don't, I, so long term, and I don't know, I don't know if you agree with me or not. I don't see, I, unfortunately, I like having Biggio, but I don't see him unless he is a utility guy off the bench or or just off the bench or just a, a super utility guy. I don't see him. I don't see a long future for him with the Blue Jays. I think he's no. a stopgap right now to the, one of these kids develop or a couple of these kids develop. and
1: Unless he breaks out and i mean at this point he's going to be a Zobrist.
0: right And that's exactly that that super utility kind of guy right you can play yeah. not great everywhere but not but serviceable right you can yeah like if your second guy, baseman
1: you know, second baseman needs a day off you put in cabin if your third baseman needs a day off you put in cabin you, exactly know.
0: right so he could be that that guy for now until these guys are ready to step up or like i said either uses as or he's used as a trade trade trip and you get some starting pitching because that's something something obviously we desperately need.
1: At this point, yeah.
0: And looking at the uh the game, the update for the game right now, it is what? Still one-nothing? Two, Two nothing. nothing. <laughs> Two nothing Atlanta. Bottom well, of the third. Ah, oh, Robbie Ray. But
1: he's at 56 pitches. Uh, only walked
0: one batter. batter.
1: Yeah. So that's that's not bad. I mean, if uh if you can give him another three innings, I'd be really happy.
0: I mean, he gave up a home run to Acuna Junior. His eleventh. So I mean, I can't.
1: Well, I mean, Acuna Junior is. He's an MVP candidate.
0: All right, Uh, but yeah, it seems like the Jays' bats have gone silent the past couple games. So let's hope they can find a way to break out and win this game.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we need Springer back. So hopefully, when he comes back, yeah, hopefully when he comes back, we get a healthy, fully healthy Springer.
0: And that's a good that's a good segue because next week we'll have uh, Doctor Andre Sinichel joining us for the second time (laughs) talking about Blue Jay injuries. Hopefully, there's not a new one that we're going to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about uh, Kirk's hip flexor and yeah, or maybe talk a little bit more about Springer's quad. Or maybe maybe he can tell us a little bit about why Nate Pearson's velocity is down. But maybe I don't know, or he won't. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out, I guess. Yeah, Um, yeah. I'm hoping the Jays are playing. Again, they're playing Atlanta and Philadelphia this week. Uh, Philadelphia's record isn't fantastic by any stretch of the imagination. Nope. I think they're, uh, yeah, they're eight. Well, they're, mind you, they're 18. They're about the same as the Jays. <laughs> <laughs> they're 18 and 17 at the moment. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of hoping, again, It's it's been a long road trip for the Jays. They're finishing their road trip. They're, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 game road trip? Yeah. Uh, Finishing in Atlanta, and then they're playing at home. Well, home. Dunedin. Dunedin. For
1: for now. for now. Yeah, that's another thing. we. I don't think we talked about it, uh, no. that the uh, Jays starting in June are going to be 1st. playing. Yeah, playing out of uh, Buffalo. Yeah. So the Buffalo Bisons are right now are the Trenton Bisons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're, bad for the, they're bad for the Bisons, right? They can't. Uh, they're a field and they can't play there. Yeah. But I guess there's been more upgrades made to that field. Again, they've added more lighting, yep. making more major league ready. Um, yeah, and, and
1: from what I hear, Buffalo fans have really taken to the Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. So it'll be nice for the Jays to actually have fans cheering for them in the stands.
0: Exactly right. It's not the same in Florida. Because really, in Florida,
1: it's... you got, you know, if they're playing against Tampa Bay at Dunedin, you know that it's Tampa Bay fans. Well, maybe not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Either of them made the trip from <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, at least it's closer to the border. We're, we're kind of get, we're getting there.
1: We're getting there. Yeah, I don't know if the border is going to be open. If it, if, hey, they, if the border opens this year,
0: well, I there's might, still late fall. That's what the, the the latest rumor is is late fall. But
1: I'd the, be willing to take a trip to Buffalo. What's that? I'd be willing to take a trip to Buffalo.
0: Hundred percent. Or unless they make an exception, the government makes an exception in say September and allows teams that are fully vaccinated to travel back and forth
1: yeah
0: that might be be nice to see them play at rogers center just before the end of the season i and it's i mean it's also got to be taxing on these guys right these guys rent homes in toronto they have temporary homes in dunedin now they got to find a place to live in buffalo Buffalo, i mean i mean i know they have money but i mean it can't be you you have families still you gotta look out for and schools for your kids i mean i i feel for them and it's not a this, they, this is one of the drawbacks of being one of those teams that are, don't live in, aren't, aren't in the same country
1: yeah and I wonder if they still have those same well i, I think the protocols have been relaxed compared to last year where it's basically you, you stay in the hotel room and that's it yeah
0: they've, they've been locked I think they can go out now especially if been, I, I think they've especially if they've been vaccinated yeah major league baseball decided to to kind of lax those rules a little bit so before i forget and before we let everybody go, there's another breaking news, man. Today's Tonight's show has been all about breaking news. <laughs> the Oakland Athletics are looking for a new place to play. Right. The, and uh, so just so everybody knows how we do our podcast. usually the day of we'll uh, kind of text back and forth with some ideas of what we're going to talk about because we you, we keep an eye on, you know, the baseball world throughout the week. But today it seems like <laughs> everything just happened today. But anyways, that being said, Oakland is looking for a new place to play. Uh, some people are saying it's a... It's a bit of a ploy to finally get that new stadium built in Oakland because the city officials are kind of dragging their feet on it. Las Vegas, eh? Las Vegas is is rumored to be the top pick, but they've also, but Manfred's also said they're looking at uh, Portland. um, If you want riots, there you go, and uh, or Montreal.
1: Yeah, Montreal. I wouldn't mind seeing a Montreal team again, but I I think it would be tough because that would throw the balance of the east and west
0: right and I I mean you have NFL football is already in Vegas NHL yeah. hockey is in Vegas and for those of you who've been to Vegas you know like how much I, I had no idea how big NHL hockey was but it's huge in Vegas yeah they love the Golden Knights they love the Raiders now I, I you'd be hard-pressed not to put a team in in Las Vegas right now
1: yeah they have I mean, a a minor league team right that was yeah, uh, the
0: uh well, the they. I forget who's who's the they? They used to be the Blue Jays' right affiliate. Yeah,
1: they had the Alien. What was it the sixty? Fifty ones. Fifty ones. Yeah. Area yeah. fifty-one. Area fifty-one. Yeah. Area 51,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had the fifty ones, and that's where Aaron Sebia played, actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I mean, if I had the bet, if I had to put money down on a bet, I'd say Oakland's going to Las Vegas.
1: Same. Makes it, it think, easier for scheduling.
0: For sure, and I, I. I love the expos. I was a expos fan. I saw games in Olympic Stadium with me and 18 other people. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was great. It's always great to see the Jays play there. You know, when they used to do that. You know, last couple of spring training games, just to yeah. see the excitement. But maybe, maybe we'll talk about this uh, a different podcast. But I, I I'd be hard pressed to see a team flourish in Montreal without a new stadium.
1: That's point i I don't think mlb will ever move an mlb team into olympic stadium
0: no i don't think so either i think it has to be on contingency that there's a brand new stadium built they move into
1: and there is a group working hard towards that yeah and and i I know that tampa keeps using montreal as their uh their leverage right their leverage for their city to build them a new stadium because the trop is terrible
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, again, this is, a, this is a whole conversation for different podcasts. And I think it's, uh, it's almost been an hour. So I think we should uh, call it, uh, call it quits for tonight, but I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, I hope you have a great week. So on behalf of myself,
1: have a nice week guys
0: and have a good week. And we'll talk to you in episode 13, lucky 13 next week. Lucky 13. Go Jace.